And I went from being someone who quit to someone who, who achieved it. And not only that, wow. has passed something that only a small percentage of the people in the world have done. Welcome to the Value Vault Podcast, where we discuss mindset, personal growth, and lessons learned along the way that relates to life and business. We hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey guys, so we're here with our special guest. Hi, I'm Chris Peden. I'm a CPA and I provide tax and CFO consulting for small businesses. What, is this, what does that really mean though? So what it really means is everyone knows taxes. They have to do taxes, but you have your zone of genius mm. and you want to stick with what you're really good at. Now for me, trying to do like house repairs or to do, I don't know, differential equations. While I probably could do it, I would not do it that well. Mm. So you end up making more if you focus on what you're good at and leave other things to other people. Like taxes is one of those. Um, I help people under, you know, not only fill out the forms, but understand this is what's happening. This could be some things that you could be doing to make your tax situation better. But I also, one thing that happens with small businesses, they get these financial statements that QuickBooks or ever prints out, and they look at it and go, well, I have no idea what this means. But I, what I do is try and translate those into what I call regular people talk. Yeah. Nice. And so that people can understand, okay, this is what it means when you see this, as well as, all right, let's put together a plan so that you could double, even triple your profit and cash flow. Well. Yeah. You can make a million dollars in sales if you're have only getting $10,000 from that. Mm-hmm. You're not living enough or you're not earning enough to have, make a living. Yeah. So you want to be sure that the cash that you have from your business is enough for you to live on. So what I do is come in and, and help people say, all right, this is where you are. Here are the things I'm seeing. So we're just going to focus on, instead of all the accounts on the profit and loss, we're going to look at, say, 12 things that you need to watch. And then for a certain month, we only may focus on one or two things that will move the, the needle a little bit more than would, say, other things. Maybe your, your marketing is fine, but you could use some more in sales. All right, well, are, do you have enough clients or are you earning enough per client? Uh, like the average revenue per customer. Uh, you all have been at McDonald's, right? Yeah. <laughs> you walk up, you order a hamburger, what do they say? Thank you. <laughs> Do you want fries with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, obvious, uh, obviously, Karma's not spending a lot of time at McDonald's, which is a good thing. But it's doing things like that to that add value or add revenue to each customer order or each customer sale that's going to really propel your business. Right. So, you've just said, so for this month, we're going to focus on this, one or two things. Because as owners of a business... You're, you've got a million, excuse me, a million things happening. Yeah. You can't really sit there and focus, oh, well, my accountant gave me 20 things to do to improve my bottom line. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you also have to run a business, and there's things with employees, contractors, and yeah. customers that you need to deal with. So how about just one or two things kind of just work on to move the needle? Yeah. So that's kind of what I do is to help find those couple things that you can work on to increase your cash and to increase your profits. So that's what I do. Okay. Is that kind of in like the financial advisor 
Does that kind of fall into CPA? It, it does. Um, I'm not only a CPA, but I'm also a what's called a certified management accountant and a certified financial manager. And that's okay. put out by a different organization that's based out of New Jersey. And a, C, well, a CPA, it's kind of somebody who comes in from the outside, does your tax return, audits your financial statements, say, okay, well, and everybody gets nervous when you're, you're having an audit done. And that's basically... Are, is what the financial statement's saying actually what's happening? Yeah. And they put this letter, and at one point I had it memorized, but that was 20-some years ago, and I have not worked an audit since, so I don't remember what it says. It basically says, yes, this these follow generally accepted accounting principles, and you can rely on what these statements say that is actually what's happening to the company. But with a CMA, it's pretty much everything you took in business school and a few other things. So you get a more robust understanding of business. There was economics, management, communications, um, information systems. Uh, there even was some calculus and Boolean algebra on the exam. I'm not sure that I got those questions right, <laughs> but they were on that exam. And that, um, But it gave me a more comprehensive view of what's happening in business. And then the CFM is more financial statement analysis and then helping uh, business owners understand all right, so here's what's happening in business. Here's what you can do to maybe go public, yeah. things of that nature. So I was more excited about the CMA and the CFM than I was the CPA. Right. Um, but it would, the CPA gives you, because it's more well-known, it gives you a little bit more authority. It's kind of like the leeway in. Almost. Yeah, it's okay. almost like, okay, are you, everyone asks the account, are you a CPA? Yes, well, that may not be necessarily what you need for your business, yeah. mm -hmm. but it's still... A very good credential to have, and I just learned this past week that it's and piss off some of the lawyers that I know, but it some people consider it actually harder than a bar exam, which I would believe because it's a really tough exam. I think you told us that one time. Yeah, yeah I remember. Not to brag to my lawyer friends, but <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, well, like this is like your opinion. What do you do to differentiate your business time and personal time? I'm just curious. Differentiate the business time and personal time. Well, it's uh, you, you try and be present where where you where you are. Mm -hmm. um, there was a really good movie starring Nick Nolte a number of years back called the The Peaceful Warrior, and there's a great scene in there um, where the kid he's he's working with is a gymnast out at UCLA, mm -hmm. and he's trying to get the kid to just get through all the mental stuff in his head. So he says, I want you to meet me in the park at this next next day because we're going to work on this. So the kid finds out that he has to try to do something for his gymnastics team. He's like an Olympic-level gymnast. And he's like, the coach says, okay, you come back here after that, and we'll do this. It's okay, I'll be right back. So he goes and talks to the guy called Socrates and says, look, can we make this quick because i got something else? And McNulty looks at him, sure. Picks him up, and he throws him over the, the bridge into a pond. Oh. And the kid just is like, what are you doing? He said, yeah. what were you thinking? He says, what, were you thinking about your meat? No, were you thinking about your No. He said, I emptied your mind. Because the only thing you were thinking about was where you were. Mm -hmm. You even had a name for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a great movie, but it's also a book. Um, Dan Millman wrote it. Okay. Um, but when you're there, focus on that. Um, differentiating, as, as an entrepreneur, you're kind of always, not always in work mode, but it's always something's always thinking about it. And you mm -hmm. can be present. And you just kind of let the subconscious mind work on some problems. That's where you usually have eureka moments. Like, yeah. 
in the shower, you get some great ideas. Oh, yeah. You're not thinking about it, but all of a sudden, wham, there it is. Yeah. Um, I, my family pretty much knows that we're always kind of going and always kind of thinking about it, but we are there and present for people when we're talking to them. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a key factor, just being present. Yes. Understanding that you can be present. Yes. So if you had one thing or one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur, what would it be? Wow. <laughs> and you have to only, only one. pick one. Be focused on what you're doing mm. when you're doing it. Okay. When you're at work, work. When you're at play, play. Okay. I remember, uh, I mean, we talk about this sometimes, how some business owners at the beach think about business while they're at the beach. Mm-hmm. And then when they're doing business, they think about the beach. Mm-hmm. And it's not reminding themselves in the, that they're in the present moment and being mindful of the current experience. Right. It's, you know, when you're at the beach and you're, you're thinking about business, it's more of a worried, okay, what's going to happen mm-hmm. here? Just setting that aside. Just, but just like the, the shower example that I use mm-hmm. is just letting it, letting things percolate. Um, Sherlock Holmes was, okay, he's a fictional character, but he would be working on something. Then we'd go to the Strand and listen to a piece of music and be totally engrossed in it and kind of let everything mm. just circle in there. So get good at being able to let your subconscious mind be able to work through things. So is that like a habit? Uh, per se, if you need, like, for me, mm-hmm. like being in a cold, like a cold shower, a cold plunge helps me think more. So is it more of a, you find and you develop this habit of when you need something and you know you have to do something, you tend to go to that certain routine. Uh, potentially it's, but it's more of not necessarily if I do this thing, this thing will happen because then you start forcing yourself to think about that thing and it's putting more pressure. Mm -hmm. If you say, all right, um, Sherlock Holmes says it is a three pipe power problem and he'd sit and he'd smoke a pipe. Not that we wouldn't be smoking any pipes (laughs) right now. And no, I don't smoke anything, but it's more of a, what can you do to kind of separate, move away from it and just make sure that you're engrossed in the activity give your brain some space to think about things it's like letting go and let god yes so it's basically when you said uh when the business person is at the beach and they're thinking about business it's not necessarily a good thing but it's more of a worry well potentially if you could if you use your beach time correctly i can't believe i actually use that phrase but if you're there, be there at the beach to let yourself, I mean, not only just put everything in the back of your head to let your subconscious start working on it, but also allow yourself to decompress mm-hmm. so you can come back fresh to the problem. Really quick. So you talk a lot about the subconscious mind. Have you ever heard of a paradigm? Yes. What do you think on that? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I did a lot of reading of Stephen Covey. Okay. So it's been something... Just, wow. I, I, I haven't had to sit down and think and kind of define it, but just it's a way of your, how you're looking at things, and things will come along to, to move that along. And over time, your paradigms will shift based on what you're doing and what you're working on. And um, having kids, getting married um, will shift your paradigm because something else has entered into your frame of reference so it's always and as as you learn more you're going to 
have a probably minute leading you to this paradigm shift. And then you never know when something's going to pop out. You, ah, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. But it's, you're always working on a paradigm because you always are taking in a lot of things. So you never know when something you may be, well, now I'll give you an example. I wrote a book called the blessings of autism that mm-hmm. I posted on Amazon. And, um, I wrote about, I was at a sermon down at All Saints Church, and Father Cedric was sitting talking about the feeding of the 5,000. And he said something. uh, He has this deep, great baritone voice. I love sitting and listening to all He says, there was no one who's left out of the feeding of the 5,000. And that was, well, wait, wow. Something to think about is that no, everyone there was fed. There was nobody left out. So I was talking about that in a book. It's like, look, God isn't, ex- because you have a child who's autistic, doesn't mean you're being excluded from anything. Mm-hmm. You are still included and you're, you're still there as part of God's kingdom. It may not feel like it, but you are not being left out of the feeding. Yeah. So the paradigm shift can really come from anywhere. So how do you shift that paradigm? It takes some sitting and actually thinking about it a little bit more and saying, well, okay, so this, this, does this thinking serve me? Mm. Is this is this correct? Is this really true? Like, um, if you know someone says something about you, rather than getting upset about it, well, is it true? Mm. Okay, then maybe I need to change and then thank the person who's giving telling you this. But if it's not, then okay, well then I can move move on. So it's just really it's just kind of you're always thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that you're trying to shift a paradigm. Uh, it's just looking at what you're looking at and saying, or is this true? Does this serve me? I like that. So well, maybe it's not, well, I need to shift my paradigm, but it's just, okay, it, does this kind of thinking help me? Yeah. And that creates who you then are. Yes. So what do you, if you could think back to a moment, what are one of the biggest maybe moments or moments that made you who you are now? Or was there a certain time that you realized like, wow, this moment really created this me now, Chris. Uh, yeah, I can actually tell you that when I passed the um, CMA exam, yeah. um, a little bit of background on that is that um, I had actually been in the officer candidate school for the Air Force. Okay. And I dropped out after two weeks. Okay. So I was a quitter. Mm. So I went down to North Carolina. I was engaged to my wife. And... But that just kind of followed me that you, you didn't do it. You, you failed. Mm. So I had to do something that was going to say, all right, you're going to stick with something. You're going to get through this. And that was a CMA exam. Okay. And I took it multiple times and didn't pass a lot of times. Uh, it got frustrating. But we finally got married and moved down to middle of nowhere, South Carolina, which actually was some of the best two years of my life. That's amazing. Um, had was surrounded by great people, and I had passed about three exams, three mm-hmm. parts of the four parts of the exam, and we had one part left to go. And then I went. I took my wife. She was, golly, eight months pregnant. We drove from Bennisville up to Charlotte, and I got up, went and took the exam. Had my pre-exam breakfast: uh, McDonald's pancake, sausage, hash browns, and a twenty-ounce Coke. I cannot do that again. McDonald's. <laughs> but. I went and I took the exam, and I you know, remember hitting the, the button. And that, when you hit the button, because it's computerized, 
that is the longest second of your life because you're waiting and everything depends on it passed that okay you passed yeah. well the problem with it was is that this was some a moment that you've been waiting for and you want to scream and celebrate well i was in a room with a lot of people taking tests i couldn't do anything and so it was, okay, you've now passed. I went, I drove back, picked up my wife. I walked in and I passed. And I went from being someone who quit to someone who, who achieved it. And not only that, wow. has passed something that only a small percentage of the people in the world have done. Yeah. So it was, and you know what? I cried. Yeah. So that was just, um, there's more with the story. It's a little bit longer. But yeah. it was, that's something that said, okay, you are, yeah, you're that smart. You are that competent. So that was the biggest thing. Yeah, CPA was great, passing it, but that's kind of just the breakthrough that, that kind of led to everything else. Yeah. I mean, since then, I've passed the CMA, CFM, and a whole bunch of securities and insurance exams, but that was the breakthrough wow. that led to it. That's an awesome story. It's a beautiful story. Thank you yes. for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. That was amazing. Do you feel like that whole time grew your confidence that you have now to continue helping your clients now um or do you feel like it's just kind of added up over time i think it's added up over time there mm -hmm. i mean one big quote that because working with my clients um i'm just reminded if you go to the jefferson memorial and you look around the top of the rotunda there's a <laughs> saying i have and i'm probably going to butcher the quote but i have sworn upon the eternal altar of god all forms of hostility over the tyranny of the mind of man mm. for anything that makes them scared. So when I'm helping my clients, it's they're sitting in there and they're scared of looking at this. So it's what I see is, I don't say a mission or uh, what have you. It is just saying, look, that you need some help. Let's mm. jump in there and figure it out. So that's where I come from is more of a place of service to say, here's, let me help you with this because I don't want you to be afraid. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. I love that. I'm glad we're getting to know each other more this way, too. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I guarantee a lot of people have those moments where they fail at something so hard in their life that it creates a new, different person. It's like, I'm not yeah. going through that again. Yes. And I just love hearing that. Oh, and wonderful. You, it's awesome. You get to help all these other people. I, I love love doing it, yes. Yeah. Why do you do it? Why do we, well... Or why do you continue to do it? There's the ups and downs and the craziness. Well, there was a... <laughs> <laughs> the One of my favorite movies growing up was Batman, the 1989 edition with Michael Keaton. Mm. And um, if, you, if you've watched it, there's a scene in there and Vicki Vale, um, I forget who played her, but she's talking to Bruce Wayne and she's like, well, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, Why can't you just leave this from the police? And he says, because no one else can. So who else are you going to go to? Now I'm not saying that to be cocky or anything, but where if if you have somebody you can go to, go to them. But yeah. I, no one no one else can. Um, and it's not just more of a a um, being that I'm smarter than everyone else. I mean, what I tell my clients is, if you have a question, ask me. If I know it and I can give you an answer and it helps you, I feel good. And you tell people how wonderful I am. But if not. I can look it up and get smarter. Right. So there's really, I tell people, look, you know, maybe you're out with some friends 
and you have this one friend, you know, you're out having at a bar or something, and you have that one friend who has a little bit too much all the time, <laughs> they put the bottle down and go, you know, you should really get an alpaca and use that in your business. That is a big tax break. And you say, all right, well, let me talk with Chris. So they call me up and says, Chris, I had this, this person tell me I can get an alpaca and it's a big tax break. <laughs> Hey guys, and don't forget, we also have our intro sessions for our ECF programs, where we help small business owners that are overwhelmed, burnt out, and stuck at a plateau develop a growth mindset so that they can continue to create extraordinary lives and businesses in order to save massive amount of money, time, and peace of mind. Is this real? Well, I'm using it as a uh, hypothetical. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And so I, they said, yeah, if you buy, get an alpaca, can, you, know, you can big tax break. And I said, well, where, where'd you hear this? And my friend was out at the bar. I said, okay, how many had they had? <laughs> because no, that's not the case. But ask the question. You mm-hmm. don't know. The, the tax guy, I have a tax guide up in my office, and it's about maybe yay thick. Yeah. Oh and so, and it's not like thick pages. It's very thin paper. And just there's so much in there. You just don't know what's in here. So ask. And you know you shouldn't, if your accountant's like, well, that's a stupid question. No, it, your CPA talks to you like you're stupid. It's time to fire a stupid CPA. Mm-hmm. So like have somebody that you feel comfortable talking with who's going to want to help you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what's funny? This is kind of random, but uh, Heroic Acts, I think when they first opened, they had alpacas outside. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually had a client. Told us that. I had a client who actually, the day after I talked to him, sent me a thing. They found alpaca um, seat covers for their cars. He's oh like, "Hey, Chris, is this tax deductible?" <laughs> I'm not sure how I answered, but it's like, "Don't be a smart ass, right?" <laughs> like, that. But, like, okay, yeah, that's interesting, but yeah. Do you have any things that you wanted to? Sometimes we'll have people come on the podcast, and there was something really specific they wanted to talk about. Is there anything? A message. Or a message you want to leave to someone or anything? Well, what I would say is that when you're, don't be intimidated by talking to an accountant. Mm. Because I remember the, there was a debate between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama when they were running. And, you know, it's Barack Obama just said, look, you know, my wife makes me take out the trash. So I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not a God or anything like that, but mm. You know, my wife makes me take out the trash. My wife take, makes me take out the trash, too. So when you're talking to a CPA, keep in mind that they have spouses who they are, you know, they worry about and worry about them. Um, they get into fights with their spouses, with their kids. They are dealing with um, things just like you are. They put their pants on one leg at a time. Mm. So they aren't gods. Um, and like I said before, if they're, they're talking down to you, maybe that's not the right CPA for you. Definitely. Um, but, you know, talk to your CPA and just also realize that, yeah, we're trying to, to help you. Um, but at the same time, don't, you know, come to us, talk to us and let us know, hey, this is what's happening yeah. with, um, with my finances. Can you help me? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Now, you had asked about financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit different. Financial advisors, um, like I work with Whitlock uh, Wealth Management, and they, they help. I send my clients to them because they are very good at helping people understand, help them put together a plan and 
so that they can grow their wealth. Um, I can't, I prefer not to give financial advice. I mean, I have this, the, um, I've passed all the exams, but they study this more carefully than I do. So send them to someone who's more of an expert. More of an expert. Okay. Um, Enough. I I don't know something. I'm going to send you to somebody who knows about it. And it's, I get questions about business. Well, you try this person here. Okay. They can help you. So it's, you, you want to find a good team around you that can mm-hmm. help you. And, um, you know, a couple other th- things that I really can think of here is keep track of your financials. Uh, make sure they're up to date. Uh, don't be intimidated by them. Um, it, the, a good accountant will help you kind of sift through everything to make sure that what you have is correct. So work on those, um, reconcile your bank accounts because you want to make sure that money's not coming out mm-hmm. for some places that it should. Now, granted, banks have gotten better about applying, <laughs> you know, letting you know, hey, you, you, you bought something in Sierra Lanka. Is this you? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but still at the same time. But it also, as you're keeping up with the, the bank statements and categorizing your things, QuickBooks does a great job mm-hmm. because you it pulls the money from your or the transactions from your bank and your credit cards in there, and you can categorize them, and then you can look at the thing and say, wait a minute, I've spent $10,000 this month on meals? That's not right. Something's wow, wrong. That's a lot. <laughs> right. Well, what I ask, usually ask is, okay, are you hiding something from your wife? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, I am. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no judgments. But... Uh, there's an old um, management maxim that what gets measured gets managed. Mm. So the better you can work and keep your financials and keep them up to date, the the financial statements will help you make decisions. Mm. And so you can look at things and say, all right, am I spending too much on this? And I was talking to a group last night, and I, the piece of advice I gave them is that whenever you're going to buy something, always ask yourself, how much cash will this bring in for me? Mm, someone comes in with a great marketing program it's all flashy what have you stop and say okay i'm spending for every dollar i spend with you how much am i getting getting revenue and if they're sitting there going uh, uh, then you kind of say okay thank you but there's a door that sounded like the snoopy show (laughs) wah 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 wah. yeah i I grew up with those um uh, every so often uh i'll put on um I think one of the best Christmas albums is um, the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, I remember that. Always it's of. yeah. Vince Guaraldi is an unappreciated genius. He's the one who wrote it and played the the piano. Um, he's, he's he passed a number of years ago, but you just put that on and listen to the soundtrack, and it just kind of <laughs> calms you down a little bit. Awesome. But um, yeah, it's yeah. That's kind of the advice I have. Um, you know, it's it's been great. I've had it's allowed my profession has allowed me to um, be home with my kids. I have two kids on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. and it that has been a journey itself. So um, when it, when we had we had always thought that I would be in the corporate world for pretty much the entire life, but mm-hmm. in the corporate world, you can be laid off. And we actually faced that situation. But we had started the tax business about nine years before it happened. Okay. And they called us at work. They called us in a big conference room and they said, okay, you're going to be, we're going to be reorganizing the department. And so, 
you can either reapply for your job. I was 47. They're mm. not going to hire a 47-year-old. Or you can take a package. So I had one hand on top of the other and just said, I, no, don't make any, dis- don't volunteer for anything until you talk to your wife. Mm. So everyone left and everyone else went home and they're just kind of freaking out about, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive if I lose my job? I literally walked in my house. Um, my wife was making spaghetti for dinner. And I told her what happened. And she said, okay, we have a tax business. Let's just go with that. I said, okay, we'll do that. She says, okay, do you want meatballs or spaghetti or are we just going to do without them tonight? The balance. That was just the entire question. And we were ready to go. And That's awesome. what was surprising was that when you talk to other entrepreneurs and you say, I'm faced with this decision, what, what should I do? And they all say, take the money. If you talk to somebody in the corporate world, their response is, apply for the job. Mm. My boss's boss was actually moved to, um, basically being shown the door. He's moved to special projects, mm. what it's called. But being shown the door, he wasn't, I'm, I'm not going to give my opinion on that. But he about he took a couple of days off to kind of cool off. And then I, I walked into his office and said, hey, you know, this just kind of sucked that this happened to you. You know, I've been a great director. Said, yeah, yeah, hey, sit down. Are you sure you don't want to apply for a job here? Mm. And like, wow, they just showed you the door and you want me to continue working for them? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Sounds almost delusional. Yeah. Um, I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to, but um, it's it's been great being home with my family, helping my wife with the kids. My wife has done a great job. She keeps track of everything for the kids. That's awesome. So I've been love seeing her posts with. Your kids everywhere, they're doing their field trip and home field trips. That's oh, awesome. yeah. it's. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is is that a lot of times you're, you don't want to take your autistic kid out because you're afraid of how they're going to react. But we've gotten to the, our kids to the point where they can go out and do these things. That's great. So, yeah, it's it's been great, and they just enjoy being out in the community. That's amazing. Well, I think that's the perfect way to end this. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story and your advice to everyone. It's great and to have you. Guys, well, thank you. Message Chris if you need help. Located. Here in Manassas, Virginia, and you can check out my website at pedenaccountingservices.com. It'll be in the description below for the video and the podcast.